Welcome to Peaking to Success, the podcast that delves deep into our guest success stories. The highs, the lows, the lessons learned, and if there's any exciting future plans lined up. Talking about future plans, Peaking into Success is proudly supported by Peak Wills and Estate Planning. We're here to support you with any future planning. Long gone are the times of solicitors in suits and ties and dark rooms and outdated practices. We are proud to offer a fresh and dynamic approach to the stuffy old world of wills, changing the way we talk about what happens when we die. But... That's enough talk about death on a podcast introduction. It's time to pass you over to Peeking Into Success host, Mr. Adam Kahn. Whose success are we peeking into this episode, Adam? Thanks, Sam, and welcome to episode 60 of the podcast. Today we have on a stand-up comedian who also does podcasting as well as showing his skits and his comedy reels on TikTok and other social media we have Tom Nestor. Want to know what's happening within Derby's black community? Or perhaps you have a story of your own to share? Then look no further than Majatu, your one-stop source for local African and Caribbean news. With our digital news platform and quarterly print magazine, keep up to date on all of the latest in arts, entertainment, food, sports and more. Find us online at mojatu.com. Hi Tom, how are we today? Hello, yeah, good, thanks for having me on, yeah. Oh, no, perfect, thank you. I mean, I know for comedians that it's kind of hard for you to be free of an evening because you're usually gigging and stuff like that, so I appreciate that you've got the time to come on yeah, this. Yeah, thank you today. <laughs> so, um, for anyone that maybe doesn't know kind of who you are and kind of what you do, kind of, even though we've alluded to it then, how would you kind of sum up what you do in one or a couple of words? So, yeah, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, I also do online content as well as a sort of means of building my profile so that when I get to a point of stand-up comedy where I can sell tickets to tours and shows and stuff like that, I've got a sort of fan base. So, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at at the moment. Nice. And, I mean, for you to kind of make that transition from kind of stand up to online was that difficult to kind of bridge that gap or did you find it quite easy to use maybe clips from your shows or your performances into kind of tiktok and other social media yeah so obviously yeah so i started out posting stand-up clips um and then i kind of thought i need to be more consistent with this so i started just doing sort of general videos and that and um yeah it started to sort of do well so that's what i've been doing ever since nice and i mean with the kind of stand-up aspect kind of how did that come about kind of was it kind of something you always wanted to do or is it kind of a career you've kind of fallen into a, a later date i think it's, it's something i always wanted to do down but it's it's, it's quite a quite a, a thing to jump into it's quite daunting to sort of sort of a do it yourself and then b tell people that you're doing it because you're like it seems quite conceited to think that you're funny if you know what i mean yeah. so to sort of tell people oh, i'm gonna go do this but yeah i think people weren't really surprised when i said it because i've always been a sort of like a, a bit of a joker in that sense like trying to make people laugh and stuff so it, it was always something i did want to do yeah and how how hard did you find it kind of initially kind of starting out maybe doing 
gong shows and things like that to kind of build up and kind of work up the kind of comedy ladder, let's say, how hard is it to kind of get up there and kind of progress in the scene? Well, yeah, it's, it's very, it is, I mean, I feel like I'm still doing it and it is extremely difficult, um, especially especially with, like, the sort of, the way that you progress is very much through doing, doing the gongs with the clubs and you kind of have to hope that they like you uh, as a person. You can be as good as you want and kind of thing, but everyone there is going to be good. But it's whether they like you, they like your sort of content, like your subject matters of your material and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, generally stand-up, I think one thing I've never really struggled with with stand-up is confidence on stage. But it's been more a process of learning the fundamentals, if you were, and, and, and sort of writing methods and stuff like that. And, I mean, that would progress over time. It's how long have you been doing stand-up for now? It's probably about 18 months, yeah, probably bang on 18 months. Of it, so. and, and for kind of the exposure that you've got in 18 months is kind of drastic compared to kind of the, um, the people that have kind of slugged it out and kind of, I feel, have had the same progression as you in maybe over five, six years. So I feel like, especially with the TikTok and things like that, you've kind of expanded quite quickly and gained more of a reputation from mm. getting out there on multiple platforms, which maybe the older comedians don't kind of utilise as much. Yeah, yeah. So I've, yeah, because I think with a lot of comedians, they they start doing the, the online stuff when when they, they've been sort of slogging it out for years, really sort of going anywhere, but getting good at their craft. So I kind of... When I, I did stand up for like a, maybe six months and then I was like, right, let's start doing this online content thing as well. And I feel like it, yeah, as kind of sort of afforded me some opportunities that I perhaps wouldn't have got if I hadn't done it. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, do people say if they're booking you for an event, go off maybe other live performances or have you seen that people may have kind of looked at your kind of portfolio on TikTok and stuff like that to try and gauge you and be like, yeah, he'd be a good match. Let's ask him. Um, I've I've had a bit of both really. I, I've I've had it before where I've I've done a gig uh, for someone and and their friend who's also booked people's been there and been like, oh, I've got a night. Um, and I've I've had it before where people have sort of seen my online stuff and then got me in for shows uh, off the back of that as well. Uh, no, no, fair play. And I mean, with the TikTok, did you see that it kind of grew naturally or was it kind of a overnight kind of one video maybe in particular that stands out in your head that kind of blew up and that kind of took you to that kind of more global level? Um, I'd say it was perhaps gradual, but you sort of... Um... You have like when you have one really when you have a video really blow up, it kind of it kind of adds a chunk of followers to to your total amount. If you know what I mean? Yeah. 
And I think the first one I did was in January last year, so just over a year ago now. And it was just... Uh, I just made it... I was going out for my friend's birthday, and I just made a quick video beforehand, and it was just a, like a joke video. And I was out that night, and I remember I looked at my phone, and next time I had hundreds of thousands of views, and I was like, oh, right. And it was just the first time that had ever happened to me, so I was like, Jesus, why is everyone liking this video so much? And then, yeah. No, fair play, and I mean, now you kind of, from the main channel, you kind of create the skits, so is that kind of something that you enjoy doing and might delve into further, kind of, with the skits aspect, is how did that come around? Yeah, of course, I think that's... So, yeah. I think on TikTok as well, because TikTok has a platform, your page gets categorised, and obviously... On my main page, the videos that were doing well were the top fives, but I just, I can never think of any anymore. Um, and with, with the skits page, you've got more freedom to sort of do different types of video, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I'm pretty much done with that main one now. I'm just going to build up the other one. But my Instagram is the sort of social media platform that I'm really trying to build up because I feel like the sort of age demographic of people that use Instagram is slightly older. So yeah. I don't think many people on TikTok that have any sort of opportunities for me, if you will. You know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's kind of bleeding them two together. Like I've, I've seen a lot of people will kind of focus on one form of social media, like, everyone back in the day it was like Facebook, then it was like Twitter, then it went Instagram. So it's kind of like finding where your demographic sits is of course the older you get, the the older demographic wise you get, the the kind of less they want to try and do on social media. So like Yeah. You you've got to try and find your demographic and kind of go to it. And I mean Instagram people do use it and it is an older demographics so no what what's kind of your plan to expand what what are you planning on doing with the expansion just just keep doing what i'm doing grow up my following and, and in the meantime obviously do more gigs write more material build up my my act until the point where i've got maybe an hour that i can go out and tour um but this i mean this is years away anyway but um yeah, just that's the main goal, really, with it. Just get to a point where I can sell a lot of tickets and do a tour and, yeah, are, go full-time with it all. Are you still... So you've just kind of answered my next question. Kind of with the comedy aspect, um, when you're growing especially, is it hard to kind of balance that kind of work and kind of normal lifestyle to then yeah. the evenings as well with the comedy and trying to find gigs and of course a lot would be weekend work as well so how do you find that and how do you manage that yeah so i mean that, that was one of the reasons why i sort of did the online stuff as well because i've got a i've got a, a family i've got a job so I, I probably can't get out and gig as much as sort of someone with less commitments um so yeah so i'm um, sort of i need to kind of build up a name in other ways sort of then because if i'm out sort of five times a week gigging then 
it's just going to cause untold problems with my family life and, and my job and stuff like that. So. No, 100%. And I mean, you've said about building it up in other ways, of course. You have kind of created a podcast last year and you're kind of starting yeah, yeah. to trickle episodes out on that. So do you want to explain kind of what the podcast is firstly and then what what kind of you speak about on the podcast and so what's kind of the topics you speak about? So, yeah, so I've got a podcast called uh, Doghouse Podcast and it's called that because um, I've got, I've got uh, I run my own comedy nights in my, in my area, basically. I do open mics and I do pro shows um, and that's called Doghouse Comedy Club. So the guy that I run it with is the guy that I also do a podcast with. So we sort of kept the, the Doghouse name to sort of keep it all encompassing. So the podcast is called the Doghouse Podcast. Um, and yeah, it's me and another another sort of a friend of mine, a fellow comic who's starting out. Um, and our other friend, and yeah, we started doing them last year. We actually need to sort of get some dates down in the diary to start doing some new episodes because I do miss doing it. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Nice, and I mean... With stuff like that, especially with comedians nowadays, a lot of people are going kind of the podcast route and building their kind of name there as well. So, of course... Yeah, you... it's, a good... Sorry, Sorry. Um, it's a good sort of... Um, with podcasting as well, It's because it's... obviously, as a comedian, you get a certain amount of time on stage and you have material that you have to, like meticulously will work out to make sure that you're getting a sort of good cadence of laughter and stuff like that. Whereas on a podcast, you, you're just sort of conversing with your friends and you can find some like really funny, naturally conversations and stuff like that. And it was, it's also a good way of sort of spreading your name out there. And, and if, it, if it goes well, it's a good way of sort of earning some money to supplement your career as well. So 100%. And I mean, you're kind of making sure, especially in an eight month, 18 month period that you kind of you've got your hands kind of everywhere and got everything kind of firing so hopefully people will kind of build up and when they see that you're gigging maybe near them that they'd come and see uh, have you got kind of anything planned so far for 2024 so have you got any shows in the works that you're going to kind of appear on or is it kind of working out scheduling at the moment yeah very much so because um I'm, I'm very busy with my day job this year i say day job it's day and night some days so um yeah I, I work very long weeks like sort of 60 70 hour weeks so it's it's kind of putting a halt to my progression comedy wise but obviously well i've just had a baby and stuff i have to kind of uh make sure that I can provide at the same time but yeah. I, I just need to sort of have a day where I, I get some dates with the people that I need to get the dates sorted with make sure it's okay with my partner and, and just get to work really but I don't want to be out of the house too often do you know what I mean? No 100% and it's it's that balance at the end of the day so yeah. are, are you still gonna is there any kind of other social media that you might want to branch out to so is kind of TikTok's like a shorter format. Would you ever go longer format with like YouTube or stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I've, 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 I actually put off making like TikToks and stuff for, for years because 
I didn't respect it. I didn't respect short form content because I thought it was just a bit lazy and effortless. I actually wanted to, me and a group of friends wanted to write a sketch show, um, which is still something I'd really like to do. Maybe where I get to a point where I'm doing comedy full time and I've got sort of more time to dedicate to being creative. I'd certainly like to sort of have a sort of, whether it be on YouTube or we write a pilot for a TV show, um, yeah, I'd do some sort of longer form sketches, like two, three minute sketches, different sketches cut together in a, in a sort of half hour show. Is that the route that kind of when you've got to that full time capacity that you'd rather go down? Is it more the kind of like how Peter Kay and Ricky Gervais and people like that, they kind of made their name on the kind of stand up circuit and then kind of took the work to kind of sketch shows and kind of doing more that kind of TV work is that kind of the route that you want to take? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Uh, it's something I'd like to do as a project, um, maybe a couple of seasons, but it's hard to tell until I get there. But my main thing that I'd like to be regularly doing is stand-up gigs all the time. Because for me, it's, that's the best feeling when you're in person and you can... You, you get that laughter and you feel the energy in the room. It's sort of, there's no other feeling like it kind of thing. Um, whereas, right, like, don't get me wrong, when you have a video that blows up, it's like, oh, that's good, I've, I've entertained people, but you get more of a, it's, it's hard to describe when it's in person. And with the kind of in-person aspect, of course, you would have met other comedians Have they kind of taken you under their wing or is it kind of like you kind of do your do you kind of set whether that be like 10 minutes or so and then kind of jumping off because you want to try and get back yeah i mean like i said like when i when i do when i do my my pro shows um with doghouse uh obviously we get a lot of a lot of experienced comedians with a lot more experience than me uh, who are doing it full time, and I always kind of try and pick their brain a bit for sure for for insight and stuff like that. Definitely. No. 100%. And uh, sometimes after, even if you you do a gig and afterwards with sort of someone who's been around for a long time, sort of goes, oh that joke there, yeah, you, you know, it's always it's always good to get tips. You don't necessarily always have to take them, but it's it's good to get other people's perspectives. No, hundred percent. And I mean, you're still kind of new on the kind of journey so of course over time your style might change and kind of you'll adapt and find what works for you and that's the main thing isn't it and that's what makes other people kind of unique as comedy because everyone has their own opinion and kind of own style so I feel like you'll, it's all a matter of time Um, kind of with your comedy career and in general, is there a moment that you kind of see is your biggest achievement to date? Um, uh, trying to think. Um, I think some of the nights that I've put on um, myself um, have been quite cool to sort of see how many people that me and Sam, uh, who I run it with, have brought together and, and the night that we've orchestrated and put on with as much as experience as we have to put on such good nights sometimes that, that, that's quite good um, 
And I think, yeah, sort of, yeah, stuff like that. That's really good. Um, well, I, I did tour support for someone. I opened up for them on their tour. That was pretty cool. Because so, I'd only sort of been going about a year at the time, which was probably quite unheard of. But again, that was a, a social media person doing a stand-up tour, though. It wasn't like a, an established stand-up act, but it's still nice to be considered to open up for someone, you know what I mean? Hundred percent, and I mean, all them opportunities kind of are what get you further up that ladder. And I mean, with the being kind of both sides with the whole kind of organising a comedy night and being involved, of course, that I I feel that gives you kind of a leg up because you know kind of what people are expecting and what you need to bring in and how an event works. So when you're trying to sell yourself or people are coming to you, you know what you're expecting, which is kind of mm. an advantage compared to other people that are trying to start out. Um, is there kind of a moment that's defined you or defined kind of your career in comedy so far? Uh, I don't think I've had it yet, to be honest. No. Um, I don't forget about it yet. Um, nah, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't say about it yet. But um, yeah, I've, there's been some funny experiences. Actually, there's been some nights that you really learn from, for sure. How so? Like, what? What would? Well, you... I mean, the night I opened up for that guy on his tour. Um, because it's a lot of pressure, because obviously people have paid to go and see someone. They're not really interested in who you are, you're just the opening act. And it's kind of your job to warm the room up to make sure that the guy that they've all paid to see, the guy that's doing his tour, or, or girl, um, is, um, you know, is successful for them. And I remember being, because I'd done a gig the day before in Manchester, and I had to travel down to London. And... Um, I was a bit hungover because I've, I've been out with Theon, uh, Fultz Authority, mm. um, had on it. And um, also the, the, sort of the guy who I was opening up for, I didn't really think my material was really going to resonate with his followers and his crowd. And I remember being very nervous and just sort of not wanting to do it. And I remember texting Sam and Lewis, who I do the podcast with, Saying I think I've made a mistake, you know, like, I, I don't. I think I'm gonna die in my ass here. And I went up there and I had like the sort of best sort of like it's about maybe just shy of 20 minutes, just absolutely killed it. And I think I learned there that it's kind of like you never know how it's gonna go because I've had it where I, I thought I'm gonna go out and do really well, and it's gone really bad, and then. Where I thought, oh, fucking hell, I don't want to do this. It's gone very well. So I think I've, I learned that night that just get, get up and do it no matter, no matter how you feel it. 100%. And that's kind of a lot of people when they want to pursue a career, they kind of, if it's hard going or it's going to seem hard for them or it's more effort than it's worth, people don't want to kind of pursue it. And it's kind of like the more you kind of push on in that resilience that's when people are going to become kind of what they want to do in their career and that's the main thing. So you having that kind of early early on in your career gives you that kind of understanding to, yeah, this is what I want to do and it's going to 
drive you forward and you've got the right work ethic to go and do it is you know that no matter what, you're going to go to the best of your abilities, if that makes sense. Yeah, because it can be... Stand up, I mean, I'm, you've had a lot of comedians on it. They've probably all told you, like... I think it can, when you're starting out, and I think no matter no matter how long you've been doing it, it can be a very soul destroying thing to do. Oh, um, you can have these days where you're like, fuck, like you just want to quit. Like, oh, why, why, why am I even doing this? I'm an absolute joke. Man. But then you have days where you're like, I'm amazing. It's just it's a, it's a roller coaster. But no, hundred percent, and it's just all part of the learning experience, isn't it? You you've got to go through ups and downs and everything to find out where you. are you can't be meant to be some sort of resilience about it yeah <laughs> um my next question is going to be kind of maybe before comedy or when you started out in comedy what's one piece of advice that you give yourself now one piece of advice before i started yeah so so it could be before you started comedy or even younger than that yeah uh, I'd say to my younger self, about 18, 19, I'd say start now, start now, because I was 28 when I started. Yeah. Probably very late. Um, so, yeah, I'd say to my younger self, get going sooner, because you get 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 the first... Because, if, yeah, if I'd started sooner, I'd be, I would have been better soon. So, because um, it was deep down, I always wanted to do, so, yeah. And then advice when I got started. Um, advice when I got started. Uh, I don't know. I'd say just nail the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, nail the fundamentals, I'd have said. Because um, like, I thought I had really solid material. But... Then I'd just write new. I'd write new jokes every set. I did new joke, new joke, new jokes every time. It'd be fresh, fresh five minutes of material near enough. Well, I'd say to myself now, just refine that first five minutes you had and turn that into twenty. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's it's a learning process at the end of the day. And people don't know what like what's going to work and what's not going to work until they tried it and that's the thing isn't um is there anything that you'd deem to have done differently if you could do it again or is it kind of the same as your kind of advice what would i have done differently yeah i wouldn't have i wouldn't have tried writing new material every time um because the thing with that is I'd get bored of my own material, but you, you can't get bored of your own material if you want to be a comedian because you're going to have to do it over and over and over and over and over. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are some comedians that probably should get bored of their stuff because they've been doing it for about 10 years. But, but <laughs> like, you have to sort of get comfortable with saying the same shit. Like, it's not meant to be like surprising for you. You're meant to know it like the back of your hand kind of thing. That, that, that's true, isn't it? People... <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of having that balance of, yeah, I need to know it well and repeatedly do it, but you don't want to do it for so long that people yeah. are going to come and see you maybe five years apart and they're like, oh, I've just paid again for the same show. 
Yeah. That's the thing. I'd, I'd, I'd get bored of my own material. I'm like, that's stopped being funny now. It's like, yeah, for you it has, because you've heard it so many times, but the audience have only heard it once, you know what I mean? So 100%. that's one thing I tell myself. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, people, a lot of people hate repetition and don't like getting over the same thing. So, I mean, it's natural just to be like, yeah, I want to move on to talking about something else. And you, it's a, the wider picture at the end of the day. And that's kind of that disconnect that you've got to have. You've got to be a performer in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got some uh, quick fire questions for you just uh you should be able to answer him so i don't have any worries there um if you could sum yourself up with one song what song would you choose there might be the lyrics resonate with you or just how the song makes you feel if i could sum myself up with one song It is hot. It it gets easier. I promise. That's just like one song that could sum me up. Uh... I know. I know the type of song I want to, but I'm trying to think of. I know what I want to say about the song, but I don't know what song sums it up best. Where's Your Head At by Basement Jacks. Nice. Why, why would you choose that? Because I'm all over the place mentally. Um... <laughs> Fair play. No, I like it. I mean, it's a good song and it's upbeat. A lot of people yeah. usually drift towards kind of slower songs. So kind of having upbeat and kind of... It just sums you up. That's, it's a nice change. Um going kind of it could be the same song it could not be but if you were on the karaoke what song would you sing oh this is easy um so uh it could be against all odds by phil collins yeah um what else do i like doing uh um uh charming man by blur nice Oh, what's the other one I like doing? Lenny Kravitz, Fly Away. Are you are you more of a kind of, if one of them songs that feels like very like, it's you and only you singing, or do you kind of get yeah, people up with you? Yeah, find a partner. Yeah, you've, you've asked me, oh, I love karaoke in it. <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I'm with a girl... Uh, whether that be a female friend or my partner but my partner don't really like getting up there but American Boy is a good song to do in a pair <laughs> um, Don't Go Breaking My Heart obviously Elton John um, what's the other one? Oh, me, <laughs> me and my mate George do um, Evanescence um, Bring Me To Life <laughs> yeah that always clears out a room to be fair are you are you the female I'm a girl you're yeah. the girl you're hitting Which them high notes harder to do she's got way more lines <laughs> um, 
but George does the wake me up pretty good. So. And the little into the little fast bit, like some sort of like rock rap into it. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, next one is what's the best venue that you've currently kind of played at live? The 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 Lowry Theatre in Manchester, but it wasn't the main room. It was a, a uh, the studio room in the Lowry, but it was still a big room. Um, and and backyard comedy club as well. So, um, but yeah, the the, the Lowry Theatre was pretty cool. That's. Because you had to go in through like the um, the performers' entrance and get given passes and take them through backstage and all that, so it was pretty cool. And um, oh, and I was gonna say, so you said the like smaller room in the Lowry. So my next question is gonna be, what's your dream venue to play at? So is it the main Lowry or is there something else that kind of sticks out in your head? I the, the the Apollo would be one. Nice. All, all um, I doubt I'd ever get on live at the Apollo because um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah <laughs> but yeah the Apollo would be good uh, whether that be through my own show or tour sport or someone that would be sort of um, and I'd like to go over to the US and do it as well but nice. no, no real venue stands out for me there maybe like the comedy store a lot of people say when they say American Madison Square Garden. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a realist. <laughs> well, well, um, that that leads on to if you, it's of course you said about of course the realism. So this this next question is going to show if you you kind of pushing big like pushing for like a dream. Or being realistic again with, if you're headlining the gig at your dream venue, who are you choosing to support it? You can go multiple if you want, but it's if there's toughie. one, it's a toughie. Um, because by the time I get to that point, I'd imagine it'd be someone who probably hasn't started yet, or it's you know because because then otherwise I'd have to say that I'm currently surpassing someone. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I think it would be nice if I, if I say if I was doing the Apollo at my own show, it would be nice to have my friend Sam support me um, because he's kind of my buddy, yes. and we both we're doing this sort of together kind of thing. So, um, but then yeah, I don't know. Like at the top, of, top of, yeah, charge. I suppose it'd be nice to have charge do that, um, but. Who knows? Who knows who'd be sort of up and coming at that point? No, that's... Or what sort of old reliable comic that I'd get to sort of warm them up, who knows? No, that's fair enough. Um, my next one's going to be, so a chef makes you a meal and you can, choo- you can choose to have something to eat, something to drink, and you can choose one person to share that with. What are you going to choose? Is your three options? So something to eat, something to drink, and person to have it with. Yeah. Um. Oh. Oh. Like a. I don't know really. Uh, I'm quite a fussy eater. I don't like a lot of things, but I'd probably have like a nice steak or something. You know what I mean? Nice. 
Um, yeah, like a steak and chips. Uh, I'd probably just have a beer, to be honest with you. And who would I eat it with? Uh, who have I always wanted to meet? Oh, Thierry Henry. Are you an Arsenal fan by chance? I am, yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be cool. I mean, a lot of Arsenal fans will go for Thierry Henry, so it's a solid shout. Um, And that's fair. I mean, a lot of people will go for a steak, so you can't go wrong with a pint of beer, a pint of beer, so you can't go wrong there. Um, My last question, I feel like, is, is hard or... For some people, it's deemed easy, but it's dependent on your view. Is what does the word success mean to you? To me, so does do you mean what what does it mean to me if I what? So so you can deem it to be for yourself. So say for example. When in your career would you feel that you've become successful or you can deem it to be so, oh, if I own this or if I was able to do this in my in my life, uh, then I'd okay. deem myself to be successful. Yeah, so obviously success is different for, for everyone, but for me, success would be um, established and respected. Um I can financially support my family uh, and live an all right life um, and afford myself enough free time to have lovely get-togethers with my friends in my house, uh, having barbecues and stuff. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, and, and yeah, and yeah, established and respected, you know. Um, sort of like the comedian's comedian, do you know what I mean? Like, sort of, no one slyly thinks you're shit, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's kind of <laughs> like, he's a good, solid comedian. No, that's fair enough. No, I like that. Yeah, that's it is honest, it's an honest stunt at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? You're not kind of gone overboard with your answer. You've been, it's quite a nice answer being like, you just want, the respect of everyone and to be able to be financially stable which of course at the end of the day is what we hope for everyone so no that's yeah. I like that um just to kind of round up at the end um where are people able to kind of find you as well as be able to say buy tickets for events that you're potentially going to do in the future well, yeah, uh, I'm across all social medias at Tom Nesta Comic. Um, that's pretty much my handle. Um, one word, Tom Nesta Comic. Uh, I've also got Tom Nesta Skits on TikTok. Um, the Doghouse Podcast and Doghouse Comedy Club as well. You can check them out. I've got a link tree in most of my social media buys. Uh, that's my podcast. Um, if you live in the Hertfordshire area, and you like stand-up comedy, then I run my own nights um, with the help of Trudge. Um, I say with the help of him, we both run them together. Um, so yeah, so we put on local comedy nights as well. And 
haven't got anything actually planned this year. I've kind of, I've kind of been uh, coasting a bit. I've took my foot off the gas, but um, that's hopefully going to change. But yeah. No, wicked. And thank you again for coming on. It's been a pleasure kind of no, seeing, me, uh, seeing nice. kind of how you've got to where you are and kind of the other side of kind of the comedy aspect because, of course, seeing someone that's kind of fresh to the game and kind of their journey and how you kind of uh, kind of navigating your way through it. So, no, it's appreciated for you coming on. No, you're welcome, mate. Thank you for listening to another episode of Peaking Into Success podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to today and would like to listen to more, go and check out the previous episodes on our channels and make sure you follow the page as well to keep up to date with the new exciting episodes that we've got upcoming for the rest of the year.